Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. Every Thursday, your hosts, Dan and Dawn, share with you their experience and insights on kink, power exchange, and erotic life, as well as bring you interviews with exciting people from various lifestyles. Then every Monday, you'll hear from our various guest hosts. These nationally known educators bring a variety of experience to the mics and share with you an ever-increasing diverse world of alternative life. Erotic Awakening is intended for mature audiences. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. So we just started a conversation about people that comment on the podcast that haven't actually listened to it. Mm-hmm. So... Well, Hmm? We'll leave that alone, though. <laughs> Could be my thought. So, yeah, we're, we're drinking over and chatting over coffee again. So, um. <laughs> And decided to fire up the microphones as it is podcasting day. It is. It is. Fortunately, we won't have to do a lot of work. We had a fantastic time chatting with Bendy Yoga Girl over mm-hmm. at the uh, Central Ohio Perversion Excursion last weekend. And we'll have a, a conversation with her coming up. Um, and it's funny, I, it, I don't quite know what to call the theme of that conversation because it floated gracefully all over the place. So uh, it was a very Taoist conversation in it that was, it flowed all on its own. It flowed all over the place. So, um, but it was a really good conversation. It was a really good event. It was a really good, you know, I actually hit two workshops this time. So, you know, for those that, that uh, don't know, it was uh, last weekend with Central Ohio Perversion Excursion, which is always a great time. And, uh, we did Scarlet Sanctuary Friday night, so uh, new graduating class of POTQ Path of the Kadishti, and they got to do the Scarlet Sanctuary, so that was great, And uh, which is just a space that we set aside for sacred touch. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, so about 50 people came through that. There's always a line, and uh, but I actually went to two workshops. On Saturday, did you hear my voice almost crack? It is so early in the morning. <laughs> but um, went to two workshops, and both of them happened to be by Bendy Girl, mm-hmm. Bendy Yoga Girl. And um, the first one was a trick. The first one was a trick on how I ended up in that workshop. How's that? Because I kind of wandered. I did. We had four people in our hotel room. We had brought our K cup machine, but I didn't want to wake up anybody with the the whole steaming noise. So mm-hmm. I wandered out of the room to go look for coffee down in the social space. So I'm in a skirt. I'm in my pajama top. I mean, I am like barely dressed. Get down, get my coffee, trying to figure out where everybody else is going, walk into the yoga workshop <laughs> space. And it's like, oh, this might not be a bad idea. So I actually did my yoga in a skirt and my pajama top, but it worked. So, and it you felt did good. Indeed. I did indeed. And you then, wandered into a yoga class and felt that you had to stay. To stay. Yes. <laughs> uh, it was very neat. Uh, interesting style of yoga as well for those yoga out there. That mm-hmm. would be yin yoga is the style that was taught. And it's mm-hmm. hold a pose for three to five minutes. Um, tough first thing in the morning in an event. Tough first thing. But you know what? It was, um, it was uh, advertised as yoga for kinksters. And I could see where that would come into play. Absolutely. I mean, it really bent you up and made you limber. And anybody doing rope later, it would have uh, really helped out. And then later I did um, her energy play mm-hmm. workshop. And it's just kind of funny because our, our, well, our students' POTQ 
class had just graduated and most of them were in that class and we're all looking at each other going we know how to do this this is old hat Mm -hmm. this is awesome so but um yeah it was good stuff anyway it was nice to uh, see at an event that was uh, very um a cope is a rather more rope focused event Mm -hmm. than for example winter wickedness or some of the other events i've been to and it was nice to have some classes that were not rope oriented, that like the yoga and the energy play, that mm-hmm. were a nice change of pace from either the rope stuff or the flogging 101, or although I would have liked to have taken the single tail 101 class that mm. was offered. I did not get an opportunity to do that. I got that. to experience the single tail. You did. <laughs> I'm still recovering from that one. That was awesome. One of us, our previous uh, podcast guest, as a matter of fact. Yes. So, absolutely. And then we had our scene. (laughs) We did have a very nice scene. We tried the... um, So, one of the interesting challenges in an event is that it's very crowded. Or it can feel very crowded. There are definitely a lot of people there. Mm -hmm. So, if you're on a piece of equipment... uh, For example, the piece of equipment we had, we had one, two, three, four other scenes within a fair amount of closeness to us. Right. So not close enough that I had to worry about my backstrike hitting anyone or anything like that, but enough that you could hear their moans and giggles or whatever noises they were making. Right. So we popped on some uh, Bluetooth uh, headphones, mm-hmm. and I had an actual soundtrack of music to play to our own personal soundtrack. Right. So both of us could hear the same music and dance to the same music and... and and things like that. And that worked really well until you really got into it. It was rubbing up against my iPod yes. and turned it off. Yes. And there was no way I was stopping that scene to tell you my music had stopped. Because I could tell yours was still going. And I'm like, that's all I need. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I had a great time at the old Cope. If you uh, 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 had a great time at the Cope or... I got a lead in. Feel feel free. I got nothing. (laughs) So I was going to say the theme for Cope was steampunk. And I actually posted some of my steampunk costume pictures on FetLife. Ooh. So if you want my FetLife profile name, you can write us at... See? Okay. That's not bad. (laughs) Yeah. So um, what is our email address? (laughs) You can write us at danandawn at eroticawakening.com. Or you can use the comment form uh, from the Erotic Awakening webpage. Or find us on FetLife under Erotic Awakening, one word. And that's how you can find actually, my FetLife face- name. Actually, Facebook is Erotic face- Awakening, one word. FetLife Damn, is Erotic I Awakening. Damn, I looked right at it. Two <laughs> words. <laughs> it was two words. FetLife doesn't really mind the word erotic, <laughs> erotic on their website too much. Awesome. awesome. Anyway, um, other than that, so we had the cope happening. We did do the Scarlet Sanctuary there, as mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a couple of shout-outs, too. We do have a, a, um, a Rhonda and a Sweet Nine both said that Erotic Awakening is their new favorite addiction. Ooh, addiction. Which um, I suppose is a... <laughs> <laughs> That's me tapping my vein. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I guess that's a compliment to tell to yeah. say someone that you're either, either new addiction. Yeah. I don't mind that at all. So, and then there was Jade and Michaels who sent me a link to more tentacle stuff. This was really cool, and I was reading about it. And um, one of the things was the inflatable tentacle arm, mm-hmm. and I thought it was so funny because I was actually reading some about the tentacle arm, and it says for external use only. I. <laughs> <laughs> 
the funny I don't thing want is, to use it for external I, I was going to say, it's, you're, you're, but your problem with that is not that it's so obvious that, well, of course it's obvious, not for external use only, but yours is more of a... And let's try that again. Well, that was a strange little error. Uh, now I've totally lost where we were. I don't remember. Uh, oh, what we I want to do with inflated tentacles? Yeah, maybe that was the, the maybe the reason the computer figure. just crapped out there is the computer's tired of the whole tentacle thing. And, uh, on FetLife, uh, you'd mentioned is <laughs> I know exactly which one this is referring to. So a lot, quite a while ago at this point, we posted on FetLife. Um, that we had started, or you know what, we didn't even post it. We didn't even post it. It was on, um, I forget which group it was on, but it was a master-slave sort of group or a power exchange sort of group, 24-7, something like that. And I think the guy's name was Awesome. I just remember Awesome. Mm -hmm. And he posted about how people could listen to our podcast on the 100 ways of making your slave feel owned. And, um, you know, personally, we kind of did that as a conversation starter to talk about how we felt about, you know, a couple of different things. We don't agree with them all. We don't, you know, we, you wouldn't pull out a, a hundred thing list and start checking them off right. down the thing. Yes, that's not what it's for. But man, that conversation derailed. Of course. It did not. I tried to pull it back to the podcast, which was the original right. <laughs> post twice. And then I gave up because... Everything was about, and, and this seems to be a theme on FET, everything was about attacking the fact that there was a hundred thing list. Right. And about how if you need that to start conversation, then you're really not in a real relationship. If you need any ideas like that, you're not in a real relationship. And I mean paragraphs and paragraphs about judgment and if you need this, it's not a list. And then they tried to personally attack me and said, I'm surprised that you're putting out a list out there of this is the way you do things. And I just kind of shook my head. I'm like, what, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> For one, it's not my list. For two, have you listened to the podcast? <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was funny. And it was like, I just had to stop following the thread. We don't like it when they personally attack you. No, I don't like it. But that's when I left the thread. It's like, okay, you haven't listened to the podcast, and you're just attacking the original poster. You know, the whole theme has been totally lost at this point, except how you feel about other people's relationships. When in rea reality, it's how you're feeling about your own relationship. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and really, it's a matter of, uh, boy, I tell you, the, the concept, and, and you, it's really interesting to see in power exchange relationships now, or even dom-sub relationships, the... Um, there's one school that says, hey, I want to learn how to do this better. Mm -hmm. And then uh, people will give advice. And th there's another view of things that says, you know, you have to avoid this one-way truism that there is no one, there is no right way to do it. It work does whatever um, you should do. You know, whatever you do, and if it works, it works. Um, and somewhere, I, I mean, I'm, I'm personally, I'm not against, I'm not opposed to the idea that traditions have value. Mm -hmm. That if three other people do it this way, then you should try it this way. Right. You know, and if, if you could find somebody who's, you know, um, has, seems happy, you should take a look at what they do. Right. And see if it's going to work for you. So there's some balance in there. Blah, blah, blah. There is. But you know what? We're pulling out that hundred list again just so we can look at some 
some new different things. Yep, you, absolutely. You know, we have new people in our in our power exchange relationships right now, and some of it may be beneficial for them. Some of it may make my eyes light up or your eyes light up, and all that's worth looking at. So, <sighs> yay. You know what? What? As I walk over here, where is that list? So we are on a little time limit this yes, morning, we're on a little sir. Time limit. So. We're not going to do 100, but we're going to do one of them for our question of the day, just to, okay. to piss off the people on that list, because clearly they don't listen to the podcast anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so the next one on the list. Um, There's a lot of good ones. Yes. Give her reading assignments. Do you Ooh, agree or disagree? Agree. I like that one. <laughs> so, I, you know what? I can't, <laughs> I can't argue this at all, right. can I? No. Because brand new slave that we have in the house. Uh-huh. I just gave her two books. Right. I said, Slay. I said, And Dawn. she's already read our two books. <laughs> That's you know, a reading assignment. Now, so there's one that doesn't fit on the list mm-hmm. because not many people, not everyone has published their own living, their right. own power exchange book. You and I have published a book called Living MS, mm-hmm. which is as much as anything else, a reflection of how we view power exchange and how we do things. Right, and how, so, yeah, how we did our musings and stuff like that. Well, that yes. way she gets to know us. So. Yeah, and so, but that doesn't, that's not... It doesn't count. Yeah, I know. it doesn't count. I know. Well, I did give her two other books to read. Mm-hmm. They're not power exchange books. They're not... Um, no, but we use their concepts so much. And one's a fiction book, mm-hmm. and one's not. Yeah. And one's actually on a spiritual level. But we live by those, con- those concepts so deeply that she needs to read them so she gets it in context. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you and I are, and we just did this uh, Tuesday, we were sitting around, I don't remember what we were chatting about, but you said, well, waiting is, and I, I said, yeah, I agreed, waiting is, and our slave was sitting there, and our slave would have been scratching their head going, Waiting is what? <laughs> Finish the fucking sentence. Yeah, or the word grok. Yeah. Now, see, people are going to know what book this is now, so I am only an egg. Grok, I grok this. <laughs> now, part two of this question would be test her, and I, get, I don't know why they separated this, t- uh, test her on the reading assignments to make sure she learned the appropriate lessons from each. Hmm. I personally, so yeah, absolutely, because this is the part of power exchange that I personally, for myself, mm-hmm. what is the point of giving, this comes back to very basic understanding of your job is to do what I tell you to do. <clears throat> my job is to make sure you did what right. I told you to do and right. to notice, acknowledge it one way or the other. Mm-hmm. You know, yesterday, for example, I came to bed. Bedroom looked spectacular. It was very Thank clean. You. Bed was made. And it's, oh, how, how nice this is. I hope I remember to mention this to Dawn and went properly, pre- properly to sleep. <laughs> um, so it gets mentioned on the podcast. <laughs> well, there you go. Even better for you, huh? So, yeah, after, you know, when she said, I had asked her some time ago, what do you think about this concept? Do you, do you understand this? And mm-hmm. I didn't like her. I, it's not that I did disliked her answer, but she was not picking up what I wanted her to pick up from it. So now she's going to read a book that the concept right. comes from. And later I'm going to ask her the same question and see what her understanding is now. Cool. And then the question I asked her was so abstract that she had one way of thinking that she could have found in a book or someone without a lot of experience probably gave her that definition. And we actually sat and talked about how I feel differently, but that doesn't mean that she has to feel the way I feel. So, yeah, I'd like to have a book. Oh, wait, I do. But I wrote that one. (laughs) Circular logic, my dear. Circular logic. All right, onward ho. Uh, Let's wrap this thing up. Let's get Bendy Girl going. Uh, I do want to mention, of course, that... 
Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Adventures in Sexuality, Central Ohio's kinky fun group. Coming up, who fucking knows? They just finished cope. Give the people a break. They need a rest. <laughs> but they, and then they, they like immediately two days after uh, cope did um, uh, the new and kinky yep, group. Yeah, they did the new and so kinky group. They don't slow down at and all. I that know. would be our own podcasts, Beric and Sheba, never slowing down. Right, and I know in October they have something at the Princeton. So, but I don't remember what it is. First Friday or Fetish Friday, as a matter no, of fact. No, that's not AIS. Oh, uh, that is not AIS. Mm-mm. It's a Saturday night, but I forget what it is. All I know is it's on our calendar that we're going. <laughs> you it's could find time. out where, what it actually is. <laughs> I'm glad they don't pay much for this one. You can find out more at adventuresandsexuality.org. So, and we also have Erotic Awakening, is sponsored in part by Maynard Gear. Maynard Gear is owned by a lifestyle couple with over 20 years' experience and sells handcrafted leather goods. They specialize in custom-made items and the repair and restoration of your leather goods. Slave-tested and master-approved. Find out more at www.maynardgear.com. I keep meaning to break those up a little bit more. They have, they both have their own little theme music, but the music doesn't run together very well. I know, but we get chatting <clears throat> so much that... <laughs> yes, I know. we got to shove them in there. So for people that are not familiar with uh, the Erotic Awakening podcast mm-hmm. in general, you and I, we have jobs. Right. We have other things that we do. This is not a... <clears throat> you have a job. I have school and... We don't do this for money. <laughs> it costs about 40 bucks a month to host the podcast Erotic Awakening is not uh, a for-profit thing. No. Mannered Gear and AIS make it not come out of our pocket. Mm-hmm. So we say thank you. So exactly. we ask you, oh, listeners, to go out there and check out their stuff with said websites. We also, oh, listeners, I've noticed recently that the fans of Digital Clocks podcast has higher ratings than we do. That's no. terrible. See, it's not so. So we always appreciate it if you head out to iTunes and rate us, tweet about us, or lick us on the Facebook. Yay. Or just tell your fucking friends. Get yeah. off the internet, folks, and go tell your fucking friends. Oh, don't we have Matter some fact, sort of contest coming up about the telling next your time, fucking friends? Yeah, but nobody ever responded to oh, it, okay. so I blew it off. <laughs> the next time you are having the sex... Mm. I want you to stop and tell your friends. Did you know about the Erotic Awakening podcast? <laughs> That'll go <laughs> That'd real be well interesting. for you. That fits in with that naughty talk. <laughs> so, awesome. So next up is Bendy Yoga Girl. Yeah, really interesting conversation. And as a... Uh, so you and I, have, uh, with 200 episodes under our belt at this point... Um, we are fairly, I'm fairly skilled at interviewing people at this point, right? Mm-hmm. They have a topic. Like, for example, uh, we bring somebody on and their topic is thus. Right. So we lead the conversation to thus. That's, it's courtesy to the interviewee, and it's courtesy to our listeners who have said, hey, this upcoming is an episode about tickling. Mm-hmm. So when Bella came on here, and we, Bella Risa, we would have loved to talk about Old Home Week, about her spanking groups, about all the other things that she does, but we stayed focused on tickling. Mm-hmm. With Bendy Yoga Girl, we just floated all over the place. Oh, it's just yeah. a fascinating human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just really enjoyed the conversation. And um, There were some things she said that I agreed with that I wanted to talk about more. And some things that she said that I disagreed with that I just wrote down for a question of the day. Ooh. But she won't even be here to comment on that. I know, but I can say my side. <laughs> that's, why, that's why you should start your own fucking podcast. <laughs> 
So, Don, here we are at still at Cope, and one of the really nice things about when you come to a major event like this and you don't have to present, yes. you get to sit around like this, sitting around in my underwear, basically, haven't well, taken a shower yet this morning. You just had a comment, someone enjoying you in your pajamas, someone, just walking around. Exactly. If we were presenting and have my outfit have your, on and everything. Your boots and your vest and yes. Don't have to worry about any of that stuff. But some people are presenting here and they get chased around by motherfuckers with microphones like we've done today. <laughs> so uh, you and I just came from a class on yoga for, for kinksters. I did not mean to go to that. I was just out for a cup of coffee. <laughs> you wandered in and, and I got stayed. I was by good. yoga. It was good. It was good. <laughs> and um, as we were looking at the, uh, the person presenting the class, uh, I said... Wow, look at the Taoist, look at the energy, look at all this other stuff. And we said, uh, hey, want to come back to my room? And Bendy Yoga Girl said, why don't we go to my room? And here we are. <laughs> I'm sexy like that. You yes. are sexy like that. So, Bendy Yoga Girl, thank you for being on the podcast this morning. I have a wide range of things I would love to talk to you about, but we're going to stay a little bit focused. Okay. Um, you mean the dry humping in class? The dry, dry humping. humping only consensually. <laughs> yes. Only consensually. Uh, what I'd like to talk to you about today is... A lot of people that we've interacted with believe that, for example, a blowjob is just a blowjob. There doesn't have to be any woo behind it. Don and I are of a mind, and a lot of people that we speak to and interact with are of a mind, that everything has some woo element to it if you want it to. You talk a little bit about that in the uh, Yoga for Kingsters earlier, but you've got a class coming up today and some of your other classes where you bring in, I think, a lot of the Taoist elements I'm into your mindfulness, I'm very presence. Yeah. I'd be curious what your current working definition of Wu is, though, so we can be speaking to the same idea. Um, oh. Something that's undefinable and not just physical. Not so physical. That, yeah, so that spiritual connection, though people put different language on spiritual, too. So okay. that's my thought of it, just that energetic connection, okay. personal connection more than the more than the physical. More than physical, really. Okay. Is, and, and we're the one that's asking the questions here, young I lady. I know, but I mean, <laughs> the thing about... What is your definition understanding? of woo? Yeah. I define it very differently than most people. I spell it differently, actually. Mm -hmm. So I, I generally see it spelled W-O-O -O, mm -hmm. uh, and translates to, you know, hippy-dippy shit. Right. And the spelling I use is woo, W-U, which is uh, based on the the circle that is the outline of the yin yang mm -hmm. or the yin yang right. symbol. That circle translates to wu qi, mm -hmm. and what that means is the void from which all matter materializes. Nice. So when I say I'm wu, it's a, a way of me acknowledging the my path. Now okay. I've recently read one of the great Taoist classical text, the Wu according to Pooh. The, the Tao according, according to Pooh. Pooh just is. Pooh just is. So uh, this is my tiny bit of Taoist understanding. Now, do you bring your Taoist philosophy into your kink? Yes. I bring it into everything. I was going to say, how can you not if it's part of you? But Well, there... Yeah, no, I do. It, it, it's pretty much how my worldview is defined and the default setting I have for when I try to understand new things and new mm -hmm. experiences. I don't obligate my partners to have the same opinion or experience, though it does help them to understand where I'm coming from, particularly as a bottom. 
Um, <clears throat> so I've been blogging now for a little bit over a year, and I blog about Taoism frequently. So then when the new people who want to interact with me they read my blog and now they can use it against me and it's kind of awkward but it works <laughs> so it does it does pretty much inform everything all of my work my vanilla work my training that i do all of the teaching that i do okay yeah <clears throat> excuse me so what does that what does that actually mean how does that translate into now do you do you primarily top or do you bottom when we talk about the bdsm aspect i am a unipolar uh, masochistic, submissive, bottom. I do not top. Okay. Unipolar. 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 I haven't heard that, so I started... But Okay, so you I don't switch. Switches would be bipolar. Right, right. So how do you how do you bring your the Taoist philosophy... And, and I guess I should caveat that with my understanding, my limited understanding of Taoism is there's a school of Taoism as a philosophy and a school of Taoism as a religion. Is that right? Maybe. The, the thing about the Tao is it's kind of like tofu. Mm -hmm. So Taoism takes on the flavors and traits of the time and location in which it occurs. So how it works for me is probably not going to be exactly the same as how it works for anybody else. Okay. Which is partially why I started teaching around it. Um, I uh, am not leather. Mm -hmm. I, my, if I have a... a a fabric, it would be batik. Uh, Lee Harrington and I decided that some time ago. He's like, I was like, I'm batik. Okay. Uh, so, and and the the way that I experience Taoism is very fluid mm -hmm. and very um, open. My experience of leather, and this is only my experience, is that it's more rigid and more structured. Mm -hmm. And as I was coming up in my experience in DS and MS particularly, and I kept running into these contexts where it wasn't sitting right with me, uh, at some point, probably about eight or nine years ago, I said, well, maybe there's another way for me to be thinking about this stuff. And, and that's the, the basis. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know if the listeners are getting much. This is also um, <laughs> abstract. Well, one of the big things that I've picked up is that when you talk about Taoism, uh, I know a lot of people when they talk about their spiritual path or their philosophical path, they say, well, my understanding of it is and my learning of it is. And you've, you've referred to it as my experience with it is. Yes. So I, I found that as a particularly interesting distinction for myself. Oh, really? Why? Uh, because it is a just a reflection of the way my spiritual path works as well. I'm not really being a Buddhist myself. I'm not really good at reading the Dharma. I'm much better at experiencing right. what happens in my life. Mm -hmm. There she goes asking the questions again. I know. I'm going to join your podcast. <laughs> I don't have a podcast. You should. You're a very good question asker. Um, coming up uh, the Next third Monday. Monday of the month, we'll, we'll bump Lee Harrington for it. No, that would make them both unhappy. Um, so what does that mean? So does that imply... Now, how do you view power exchange? Are you involved in any power exchange relationships or anything like along those lines? I, I am. Uh, I have power and authority exchange relationships, and I view those differently. Okay. So um, power, to me, has to do with... Um, having the ability to do something mm -hmm. and then sharing that with somebody. So... Um, in the context of 
a suspension as a bottom, you know, I have the ability to go up in the rope and to be in the rope. And then I kind of give that to a person who I'm working with. It could also be very literal as far as energy goes. So Mm -hmm. some of what we'll be doing in the energy play class, like literal exchange of power. Mm -hmm. My personal belief is that I have to have it in order to share it. Right. So a lot of what I do is I cultivate my own personal power. I am now going to. I am going to. Then keep I can that. give it to somebody. Yes. For the next 105 people that post on FetLife that says, "How do I become a master?" I'm going to use that quote you just said. Excellent. First, I have to have. First, you have to develop your own sense of power before you can share it with anyone else. I believe but it's that way with slaves too. I think it's very you know, important. Absolutely. For, for slaves. Um, um, one of the things I've heard myself say is, "If you want to be a doormat, that is awesome. Be fully empowered in your doormathood." Mm-hmm. I mean, to do that from a place of, of, of great power. Mm-hmm. Authority for me has to do with rules and um, decisions and constraints around when and how something can or cannot occur. Um, so in the distinction between DS and MS, there's a, a friend of mine, Eric Pride, mm-hmm. uh, down in New York. I know Eric. So uh, when he says that submissive and dominant are identity structures and master and slave are roles. And I, he said that to me one day and I was like, wow, that's a really interesting kind of distinction. You know, mm-hmm. one of the cool things about DS is it's kind of like poly. If you ask 10 people for a definition, you'll get 15 different answers. Right. You know, because it's also personal and it's also really specific to whichever relationship I'm in. Mm hmm at the time. Now, in your, in, when you say that you're involved in power relationships or mm-hmm. authority relationships, do you lead or do you not lead? I, well, when I'm teaching, mm-hmm. I am in an authority exchange with students and there I am a leader. Okay. Right? Um, when I am in a DS or MS dynamic, mm-hmm. I am an S. Okay. So does the idea, now as a classic capital letter type myself, what I find most people come when they want a to serve me in some fashion, they want an exchange of power, and and I have a, a wonderful example sitting in the back corner of our room, uh, the new Looking slave. Beautiful for those of you who can't see anything. <laughs> yes, she she just heard herself on the podcast uh, for the first time that she's being referred to. She said "squee," I believe. Yay! Uh, one of the things that 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 she wanted, and very common as people do want, lowercase letters want structure. They want rigid structures and rules that feels like that might conflict with the Taoist attitude. Well, I would first suggest that I am not a lowercase anything. Okay. I step into all power and authority exchange from a point of equanimity and equality and negotiate from there. Okay. Uh, Melina Williams shares my (laughs) disdain for the whole lowercase. I I don't think that S's are less than at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And... What was your question? Because I was like, <laughs> I wasn't I waiting you. to get that, but I just wanted to. Does the to idea, say though, that entering a relationship where there is structure. Oh, structure rules, we're saying. I actually blogged about this uh, recently. Uh, rules versus intent mm-hmm. was the thing, and it turned into a class I teach now on uh, structures for submission, service, and slavery mm-hmm. as containers. This is very Taoist, by the way. Good. As containers, in in my opinion and experience, 
uh, power and authority exchange relationships can tend towards being based in rules or being based in intent. Mm -hmm. And they will manifest differently based on that. So leather is very rules-based. Right. Uh, military models, very rules-based. Hierarchy, Jack McGeorge. Right, sure. you know, so here's the manual, um, Bob Rubel. Here's the manual, here's the thing, you come in, these are my rules, and, and you follow the rules, and there are people for whom that kind of a path is extremely liberating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because it's like concrete, specific, measurable, I know how well I'm doing, I can rate myself, sure. I can rate, you know, and, and that's great. And to expand upon that, if I, I think of it from a perspective of the reason you've come to me is because you want to get to... For example, you want to get to Boston, mm -hmm. and I know how to get to Boston. So I'm going to give you very clear directions on how to get to Boston. And if you turn left at Albuquerque, I will correct that, because that will not get you there. This was a Warner Brothers reference. Well done, us. well done. It's on the podcast, yes. yeah. Um, that kind of a context, and mm -hmm. I generally do not map. Mm -hmm. My The context in which I thrive would be one based on intent. So... Um, intent would say what, but not necessarily how. Okay. Um, an intent-based dynamic. Here's a perfect example. I was bottoming to somebody who's very rules-based. Mm -hmm. And I'm claustrophobic, and uh, because of my psychic nature, I'm fairly certain this life is going to end by drowning. Okay. Waterboarding is out Yeah. Sure. for me. Uh, there are two people right now who I would consider that with, uh, and in general, waterboarding is out. Mm -hmm. And this rules-based person, when I said no waterboarding, responded with, well, but I could use gasoline or Coca-Cola. Right? Because right. if the rule is sure. no waterboarding, sure. right. yeah. then I can, and, and for me being intent-based, saying no waterboarding has inherent in it this assumption that all activities included in the hubris of waterboarding would be excluded right. from this you know exchange right. and uh, what I came to realize with him was stylistically not a match mm -hmm. because he from his mindset would be looking for caveats a loophole and me, yeah. from my mindset, would be looking for the the freedom to have that not be... So if I know that that is out of the situation, then I can relax and surrender more fully into whatever context I'm in. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying that rules-based, intent-based, right no, or wrong. No, but, but there. Yeah. So with an intent-based dynamic, uh, something like... Um, rules about sex, or rules about play, or rules about new people, or whatever have less to do with thou shalt not have any PIV interaction and more to do with, you know, if an interaction with somebody is getting to a point of emotional intimacy where it becomes significant for you, mm -hmm. then disclosure. Mm -hmm. But if you're fucking somebody, even if I experience that as a very intimate act in my domain, but you don't in yours, why would I exclude it? Why would we exclude it? Mm -hmm. And, um, my experience has been that in an intent-based dynamic, particularly since I've only been poly now for a few years, there's more freedom uh, for me and my partners 
because it's it comes back to well, what 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 is the meaning behind your action, not what is the action itself. And a rules based, you know, dynamic would have thou shalt not do PIV sex. We're not we don't do this. We don't mm-hmm. do this. I only do this with this person. I only do that. Uh, and you know, fisting can have any number of meanings depending upon the intent, right? I think that, that makes tons of sense. You know? What pleasure? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so so I'm I'm always more interested in the why and than I am in the what. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess, and that could get a little complicated. You really would have to know your partners and who you're hooking up with because everybody comes at it from a different angle and. And that have can get language. a little mixy yeah. and language issues. And be able and, to. Yeah. So when I teach the class, uh, one of the, the differentiations I make, and this may have ended up in the blog post, I'm not sure, is like a rules-based dynamic will have a manual, mm-hmm. and an intent-based dynamic would probably have a dictionary. Ours nice. has both. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Right. And it doesn't have to be all one way. Yeah. And, and it's really been wow. interesting for, for Dawn and I, as we journey through polyamory, we've both started to be very I think we'll start with a rules based foundation mm-hmm. because that felt safe mm-hmm. and then when we go out of sync where one of us is more of a look a butterfly I will go stroke it mm-hmm. and the other one's like whoa whoa that's not in the contract where's butterflies in the fucking contract <laughs> <laughs> and then have power exchange and, and authority we've yeah. got the whole yeah. gamut so it gets a little but no matter what the context one of the opportunities is is opportunities for deeper understanding and greater awareness and communication and connection which is at the end of the day why most of us are doing this anyway so right. however you get there rules work really well for me in some contexts mm-hmm. it's neat in a gra- in, the, in the total relationship context not always mm-hmm. you know but in the context of a scene or in the context of um, certain kinds of service, high protocol is almost always going to have a rules oh. foundation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. so and that's one of the nice things about the DAO is it presupposes change, right? So a thing isn't ever one way. It's uh-huh. always moving towards the, the other side of the coin. It's always flipping, always in flux. It's, it's really interesting if we were to take this into the whole realm of Eastern philosophy and, and, and say, well, Confucianism is clearly about the master-slave rule-based dynamic. You should respect the master, follow his wishes, and orders maintained. And, and, all right, so now we're going to, let's not go there. I don't know, but I'm just listening to you saying the opposite side of the coin. I'm going to have to read some more in Taoism. I mean, I've read some, but not a, a lot, because we've read actually, that? even in our relationship, you know, it's like, wow, you're like this now. Well, I used to be like that, and now yes. I'm like this, and you're like that. And well, this happens in vanilla um, parody contexts all the time. Right. This is one of the things that is wrong, in air quotes, with heteronormative paradigm today is that everybody is in their masculine because we're all out working, we're all out doing this, we're all mm-hmm. out, we're, we're mastering our lives. And I'm speaking in global terms. Clearly, right. it's not everybody. Let many people, and then you go home, <laughs> and you turn on the television, and you sit in front of the TV, and you're in this like totally receptive mode, getting donned by your TV, wondering why you're not fucking your partner, because mm-hmm. the polarity, yeah, has lumped, huh? Yeah. So, so part of my my mission around my teaching in all of this is to offer these ideas, just to give people something to consider, and, and maybe a different way of being aware mm-hmm. um, service 
is a very doing kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. It's very young, mm-hmm. receiving service. Now, Grey Dancer, and I had a little argument about this once because I was saying, like, receiving a blowjob is a very receptive thing. He's like, not if I'm throat fucking. And I'm like, yeah. well, then you're fucking a throat. That's different. <laughs> right, right. The throat is receiving your cock, you know? So again, always I moving. I'm saying that, too. <laughs> he, he's a good guy. I am not throat fucking, having throat fucked by great answer, but this is conceptual. Uh, and and I know that for me, for balance, for me in a, in a power exchange dynamic that has any kind of significance in time, if it's predominantly service-based, I will get out of balance and be very unhappy. So I, I need to have play, I need to have sex, I need to have surrender, I need to be in my feminine mm-hmm. um, I was getting ready to ask why, but you just answered it. Yeah, that makes well, a lot also, of sense. Teaching yeah. is very, you know, is yeah. a very offering kind of a thing. Yeah, and that's that is where I'm extremely mm-hmm. directive, and that's where I get powerful and with the the ritual stuff yeah. and the clergy and everything like that. And then yeah. I have to go home and yeah, it, find yeah. that balance. Right? Yeah, the um, so Don and I have found that when we play, I have found it far more effective to just lay out a bunch of tools. Toys, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> and doom. perhaps, and to not have a plan and let mm-hmm. the scene develop itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you find that your play works better when you find somebody who's willing to just say, "Let's just see what happens. Let's improv," versus, "Hey, let's do a scene with where I'm Darth Vader and you're Princess Leia, and we have a star flogger." Uh, okay, that sounds like a lot of fun, first of all. I don't think I have ever, in the 30 years I have been playing, I don't think I have ever once negotiated a scene, period. Okay. And certainly not negotiated, I've never negotiated a narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, I also don't negotiate limits. I'm a very, very bad person on the, the whole safety scale of <laughs> right. things. You know, um, what I negotiate are boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, I will, so a boundary for me might be genital contact. Okay. Okay, I was going to say, what's the difference between a limit and a boundary? Because I know, like, uh, a limit for me, God, I can't even think of any that would come into play here. Let's just say a limit would be gunplay. I don't do gunplay. Okay. So would that be a boundary or a limit for you, or is that... Is there a different way of expressing? I can it as a honestly boundary? tell you, um, in almost any context, anything is possible with me. Okay. Well, this is him, part of is, why but, I don't yeah. play around. Right. And I'm not saying that I don't have limits. I'm just saying that I am willing to go to the edge of the abyss mm-hmm. and over. Uh, so I tend to play with people with whom I have some sort of relationship. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be romantic. It doesn't have to be DS, but there's some kind of outside of that scene context camaraderie. Right. Um, and I tend to um, limit for me today would be my right shoulder. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because of my right. pre-existing injuries, I have a limit in being able to put it behind my back. Okay. Uh, a limit for me would be... Um, uh, because of the agreements I have with one of my partners, if I was going to engage in uh, sex, se- sexual activity um, with somebody, it would require me to have a certain kind of a conversation with that person to make sure that I'm honoring the standards of right. this other relationship. So that would be a limit. No sex without that. 
mm-hmm. conversation. Um, a boundary would be something like um, straight razors. Okay. Ever since I was six, if I'm in a room with a straight razor, mm-hmm. I, it's a trigger panic right. response. Okay. Right. Something must have happened. Right. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. And so, um, never say never. Mm-hmm. Right. And in general, if a person brings that into a situation, they will have a mess to clean up, and they better be ready to clean up the mess mm-hmm. because right. I will dissemble. Will you yeah. warn them about that in negotiation that it's a boundary? I will. If you think and of it, sometimes. Or? So I negotiated um, rough body play with somebody right last spring, and in all the conversations we had, we had um, he had just started a new relationship with somebody, so he's like, "There's not going to be sexual contact, no genital." I'm like, "Whatever, that's fine." Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a really evil sadist. He wanted my shirt off. I was like, "I got this thing about public nudity, but if you take it off during the play, it'll be all exciting for me." Oh, right? Like, okay. You know, um, we sort of talked about aftercare needs, which for me is like, make sure I'm verbal. I can walk upright and not walk into a wall, and we're good. It doesn't have to be you, but that's what right. has to happen. Um, and we talked about all of this stuff, and we didn't talk about blades. We didn't talk about knives. Mm-hmm. And at one point, he started taking out knives. I was like, this is really hot. I'm really good with this. And uh, switched blades, and it was what I thought was a straight razor. And I was like, uh-huh. I have a real problem with straight razors. And he said, this isn't a straight razor. And my response was, it gives the appearance of straight razor. And I just... Yeah. Hmm. Lost it. He handled it so good. Well, good. and I had two really good friends with me in the dungeon as well. So, no, I don't always bring that up. <laughs> you know, it's impossible to know. Too. Right, right. You um, don't know. Hmm. I'm probably not going to talk about whips in a suspension. Right. But anybody who touches me knows that I have a really hard time processing sting. Mm-hmm. Okay. I try to, like, be... This is I like interviewing because I'm like learning about myself as well. That's yeah. why I'm asking exactly. these questions. Yeah. We don't really getting, have a podcast I'm to getting, be honest. We just wanted your time. And I'm getting some that's of the verbiage out of this uh, that's working really well. Yeah. The, um, so have you? Uh, so have you seen the movie Joe Dirt? No. Okay. Had you seen the movie Joe Dirt, you would understand this reference. Where okay. I feel like Dennis Miller. I have so much I want to talk to you about, and we are out of time. Oh. This is killing me. <laughs> okay. So, where can, that. if our listeners are anything like me, they want to know more? Where can I find out more about Bendy Yoga Girl? I am Bendy Yoga Girl everywhere. Bendy Yoga Girl only has one Y. Someday I will have a logo, logo and it will make sense. So, it's B E N D Y O G A G I R L. Okay. Um, I'm a huge twat, so only follow me on Twitter if you like to read a lot. I'm uh, .com, Gmail, Blogspot, FetLife. Awesome. I'm prolific. So for the if, bendy. If I went to bendyyogagirl.com, that would lead me to all bendy things. It would, and bendyyogagirl.blogspot.com has uh, links on the front page as well. Or you could just Google me. I will. Nice. Uncle Google will tell you how to find me. <laughs> um, good Lord, we are just barely getting started. I have so many much more I questions. I know, so do I. The old, the Taoist uh, uh, view of sexuality, mm-hmm. some uh, potential landmines there, some fluidy things that they like to do, etc., etc. But we'll stop for now. Okay. What, um, and you told us how to find you, and now I'm all enamored, and I don't know how to stop this podcast. Well, you press stop. Is that the Taoist solution to things? 
That's the bendy solution right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if you can do it, you yes. guys. Oh, God. Voila. One. Did you know you can buy the new highly acclaimed books, Living MS and Sex Stories in Power Exchange by Dan and Don, directly from their website? Both books can be found at www.eroticalawakening.com. Any dollar and 20 cents we make from anything sold on the site goes directly into the continuing educational mission of Erotic Awakening. Want to have your product, event, charity, or service is the first thing listeners hear about on our podcast? Make a $10 donation to the podcast for a 10-second front bump on our show that reaches listeners from around the world. What a bargain. Hey, where'd you go? Contact us at Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Bye, Dawn. Bye, Dan.